installment of Katie Wilde, The Midnight Bride. It has been very sweet, bloody, gruesome, wonderful, adoring. I don't know how all these things, but I swear it is. And you know it too, because you've been listening. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and send you guys into it. So of course we can talk about it on the flip side. And I will see you guys in a moment. Bye. Chapter 6. Mara the Fallen For four days, Mara rode through Lonewood's wasteland. Within her was an emptiness that seemed as cursed and as lonely as the crooked tree that reigned over the realm, because her heart no longer filled her chest. Instead, it had been torn apart, and one piece resided thousands of miles to the southwest, where her family was imprisoned in Solegius's dungeon. The bloody remainder of her heart was a few days' ride behind her, in the hands of a barbarian who should have been her enemy. If Strax knew what she planned now, Mara had no doubt he'd do everything in his power to stop her. His blood oath demanded that he not allow the gauntlet to fall into the hands of anyone unworthy of wielding its power. So Mara had only herself to rely upon. On either end of the skull cliffs, the northern oceans spilled over into the southern seas. Even Lonewood's cursed tree couldn't suck all the life from the mists of those waterfalls. A lush forest grew near the base of the skull cliffs and seemed in the midst of summer instead of early spring. Riots of blooming wildflowers perfumed the warm air, their colors more brilliant than Mara had ever seen and she only had to reach out to pluck ripened fruits from branches as she rode. But although beauty met her gaze at every turn, horror awaited her. Nearly a dozen warriors lay dead at the bottom of the cliffs. She recognized some from the Colosseum when the tournament had begun, but others were impossible to identify, because the fall from the cliffs had shattered their bones and pulped their flesh. Mara couldn't afford to delay her quest, but neither could she leave the warriors to rot. So a full day she spent cutting wood for a large funeral pyre before darkness forced her to stop. In the morning, she would finish, then begin her climb up the cliffs. In bed, she lay, trying not to picture those mangled bodies, trying not to picture herself falling too. Yet picture it was all she did, and she lay shivering beneath her covers, her body bathed in the cold sweat of terror. Mara knew not when her shivers eased. It was full dark, and she was in a fitful sleep when warmth blanketed her restless form. She roused only a little as firm lips pressed to hers, as Strax's gruff voice rumbled in her ear. No arms held her tight, but she slept without fear, knowing that he was near. She woke at dawn beneath heavy furs, and to the sight of her husband wearing a saddle blanket tied around his waist and dragging the last of the corpses atop the pyre. Happy tears filled her eyes, and she blinked them away before Strax could see. She shouldn't be glad he was here. 
yet she was. And his dark gaze held no anger for her, though she'd drugged him with her cunt and stolen all his possessions. Instead, the corners of his mouth tilted upward as he pulled Mara to her feet, but that smile didn't crack the grim stone of his expression. He gestured a short distance away, where his gelding and her mare had joined a larger herd that grazed the lush meadow. More than 30 horses. Because more than 30 warriors had attempted the cliffs and left their mounts at its base. Yet apparently few warriors, if any, had returned from the keep and ridden away. There is no ladder either, said Mara. The ancient rope that should have hung down the face of the cliff was braided from the god's hair and was legendary for being as light as a feather and as strong as steel. The first warrior to reach the top likely pulled the ladder up with him so the others were forced to climb. His strong jaw hardened as he looked to the bodies lined up atop the funeral pyre, and Mara did not need to ask what angered him. Any warrior who would draw up the ladder must have not only intended to slow the other contestants, but also to eliminate them. But the missing ladder told her something more. Because if a warrior retrieved the gauntlet from Kaidi's keep, he would return to the cliff and toss the ladder back down. That no ladder hung down the cliff face meant not a single warrior had succeeded. Most likely, they were all dead. And Mara was next. A shiver of dread racked her body, pulling Strax's warm gaze to her face. Softly, he tipped her chin up and kissed her, but only a gentle, sweet kiss that lasted no longer than a breath. Because a dozen warriors lay lifelessly not far away, and this was neither time nor place for more. Perhaps it would never be. Even if she survived the cliffs, after Strax discovered her intentions, he might never kiss her again. The pain of that filled her heart. I cannot linger here. It is three days' climb to the top, she said, and braced herself for what would come next. Strax nodded. You light the pyre. I'll prepare our supplies. That was all he said, but Mara knew more would follow. Her heart aching, she waited for the rest. Eyebrows pulling together in a frown, he brushed his thumb over her trembling lips. What troubles you, wife? You do, husband, she replied in a thick voice. Because I would rather hear your doubts now than listen to them while I'm dangling from the cliff. His frown darkened. My doubts? When you tell me I ought to give up, when you claim I will fall, or that I am not strong enough or clever enough to reach the top. Mara meant to spit each word at him, but to her horror, burning tears filled her eyes as she spoke. Desperately, she turned her face away, but his strong hands cradled her cheeks and made her look up at him. Mara. Her name was a hoarse rasp, his eyes tormented as he searched her expression. I know you are strong enough and clever enough. I have no doubt you can succeed. I cannot believe you. The tears spilled over her lashes. You have told me so many times that I cannot win. From the first day we met, you doubted me and told me so, and you never stopped telling me. His eyes closed as if in agony. A harsh groan ripped from his chest, and suddenly he pulled her close, 
his arms wrapping her tight. Mara wished she were strong enough to tear away from that embrace, but she could only bury her face against his shoulder and helplessly weep. No, Mara. Soothing fingers stroked down her back. The first day, I doubted. And do you remember what you said to me? She did, clearly. Shuddering sobs racked her reply. To leave me alone, and to go piss in your own eye. That too. A laugh shook through him. Then his voice deepened, and his fingers threaded through her hair, tipping her tear-stained face back to meet his earnest gaze. You told me that every doubt I uttered would only make you fight harder, and that every time I claimed you would lose, you would become more determined to win. She had said those things. Lips parted, she stared up at him, suddenly afraid to hope what his words might mean, afraid she might be wrong. Strax must have read the uncertainty and fear upon her face. Only a fool would doubt you, Mara. It is true that I did the first day, but every day since you've proved me wrong. I have watched you overcome every obstacle in your path these past six months. But even before the first week had passed, your strength and cleverness and determination won my heart. His thumbs stroked away the new tears that fell upon her cheeks, and his voice roughened. Yet now I understand why speaking of my love hurt you. I was a fool to see all that you are and yet not know that every time I meant to encourage you, instead, I wounded you. Encourage her? Mara couldn't stop the short, painful laugh that broke from her. Nor could she stop the hope that continued to grow within the lonely, empty wasteland where her heart had been. Then you believe in me? She whispered hesitantly. You believe I might win? I do. His gaze was unwavering. In truth, when this contest began, I didn't believe anyone could defeat the guardians at Kaidi's keep and take the gauntlet. But I now believe that, of all the warriors who entered the tournament, you are the only one who could win, because you do not seek riches or glory. Instead, love has brought you here, Mara. Love for her family. It had brought her here. But she still couldn't believe that made any difference. That is not magic. It is, Mara, Strax said. Magic is nothing but an invisible force that reshapes the world. Sorcerers use their spells, but love and hate reshape the world too. You must have seen that is true. She had, and yet it was not the same. But a spell can make the impossible true. Since love is also magic, why can't it make the impossible true too? He asked in a maddeningly reasonable tone. Whether you believe or not, Mara, it is truth that a sorcerer's corrupted magic has no power within Kaidi's keep. But you wield the purest and most powerful kind of magic. And all of the warriors who have attempted to take the gauntlet, Kaidi's is most likely to favor one such as you. The skulls behind us are her warning to anyone who would abuse their power. And you have come to save everyone you love from a tyrant.
Emotion constricted Mara's throat, even as hope bloomed full and bright inside her chest. Strax genuinely sounded as if he believed in her. Yet after so many months, it was difficult to trust that he meant every word, no matter how she wanted to. And she desperately wanted to. Because if Strax did, then he might genuinely love her too. Strax must have seen the war between hope and doubt that waged within her, because he demanded no answer. He only kissed her softly again before stepping back. Light the pyre, Mara. She did, releasing the warriors to the sky before returning to the base of the cliffs, where Strax rolled several days' worth of food into his furs. Mara bent to unlace the boots she'd stolen from him, then stripped his leathers down to her legs. His dark eyes burned with hunger when she glanced up again, though he made no move to touch her. The mornings are still cold, Mara, so keep wearing them, he said, but she shook her head. My bare feet are better for climbing. The boots were too thick and heavy. Already she could see how many small cracks and ledges her fingers and toes would have to find. And no matter how tightly I tie them, your leggings tend to fall down and tangle around my knees. I cannot risk them doing so now. His eyes darkened. I will be directly below you. If you slip, I will catch you. That declaration warmed her through, but he might soon regret such a promise. It is three days' climb, she reminded him, and I have no cock to point into the wind. His shout of laughter echoed off the cliffs. I would catch you even after you piss on me, wife. But if you give me warning, I will move to the side. I will, Mara said with a grin, then nearly choked on a wave of emotion when she realized this would be the first obstacle she and Strax would face together. Except for the storm upon the sea, where he'd kept her from washing overboard, and the freezing nights in the mountains, where they'd kept each other warm. Those obstacles weren't part of the tournament, yet they had faced those together too, and survived. Now she helped him strap the bundle of furs and supplies to his back. After it was done, she tilted her head up and up and up, searching for the top of the cliffs. Yet from the bottom, they seemed to pierce the sky itself. Her stomach coiled into sick knots and clammy terror tightened her skin. Strax caught her face and brought her gaze back down to his. Shall I encourage you, Mara? Prod her along by telling her that she could not do this? Throat aching, she shook her head. Not in that way, he told her softly. Never will I hurt you again with such careless words. Instead, I will tell you that in these past days, I have thought of nothing but the sweetness of your cunt and of how you begged for my cock. Fire raced through her veins, burning away the clammy fear, because she had thought of his touch too, every night, trying to warm herself with the memory of his mouth and finding release with her fingers, yet still feeling so cold and alone. His thumb swept across her lower lip, his eyes like smoldering embers. When we reach the top, Mara, I will finally take you as a husband takes his wife. That was fine encouragement indeed. Heart pounding, she rose onto her toes for a kiss. The first she had sought from him, but she vowed it would not be the last. He encouraged her again that night, 
when they found a narrow ledge to share. As Strax spread a healing poultice over her bleeding fingers and toes, he told her in how many places he would kiss her, and how many ways he would have her, and how many times he would make her come. By the second night, even Strax's toughened hands needed tending. Winds buffeted the upper rim of the eye socket where they stopped and huddled together, wrapped in his furs. There Strax encouraged her again, describing their return to Aramond together, with her belly already heavy with his child, telling her that they would discover a way to defeat Solegius and free her family, and together they would forge a life free of that king's tyranny. Through it all, Mara held Strax close and dreamed with him, but fearing that she would lose her husband before she ever truly had him, could not admit that she had already discovered a way to defeat Solegius. On the third day, storm clouds thundered overhead and rain lashed the face of the cliff. Each crack and ledge became treacherously slick. Soaked to her skin and trembling with exhaustion, Mara slowly crawled upward, terrified that if she looked down, Strax would no longer be there. He was each time, but she couldn't stop glancing down to be certain, though the endless distance to the bottom made her dizzy. So often did Mara glance down that she almost never looked up, except to find the next handhold. When her fingers dug into wet dirt instead of ancient bone, she almost didn't understand what it meant. Then realization struck her all at once. They'd nearly reached the top. Almost crying with relief, she carefully made her way upward to the cliff's edge. Here, the climb was more treacherous than the rest, the soil from above muddy and crumbling. The sun had set, and the oncoming night made each handhold harder to see. Flashes of lightning threw confusing shadows, creating illusions of cracks and ledges where there were none. Forever it took Mara to climb the remaining distance, but at last she pulled herself up over the edge and onto her stomach. Immediately she looked for the rope ladder and found it heaped into a giant pile a short distance away. Still on her belly, Mara turned to glance over the edge. Strax was only a few feet below. She laughed down at him. You are last again. He grinned and gripped a small bone ledge. I am exactly where I wish to be. Three days I have spent looking up at your sweet cunt, awaiting the moment I sheath my cock deep. Anticipation quivered over her skin. Then wait there a moment longer and I'll bring the ladder to you. She told him, her heart jumping when a thick river of mud spilled from the loosening soil below her head. These last handholds are treacherous. With a scream, Mara lurched for Strax's hand as the small ledge he held disintegrated before her eyes. Her fingers locked around his wrist and she desperately pulled him back against the face of the cliff. His biceps bulged as he found a tiny ledge to grip with the fingers of his left hand. Mud slicked the rocks near his feet, and she watched him attempt to find purchase, but every foothold crumbled the instant he put weight on it. Reach for the root, Mara cried out. A tree root coiled like a rope through the soil above his left hand, thick enough to hold him, and she didn't think the narrow ledge he gripped would support him much longer. Both of her hands were wrapped around his wrist, but she was only steadying him. He bore his entire weight on three fingers his massive body dangling thousands of feet above the ground. Suddenly, 
he went still. And when his gaze met hers, she choked out a denial of what she saw there before he spoke a word. Let go, wife. She would die first. Grab the root, she begged him. His gaze was calm, his voice resolute. If I do, you'll bear all of my weight and I'll pull you over the edge. Let go. Grab the root, she snapped. That ledge won't hold you much longer. And when it breaks, you'll fall with me. So let go. I'm strong enough to hold you. I know, Mara. His eyes seemed to be memorizing her face. Emotion thickened his voice. You are so very strong, but I am heavy. Because your head is stuffed with rocks. A panicked, sobbing breath escaped her when he adjusted his grip. Because the ledge was cracking beneath his fingers. You said love was the most powerful magic. Do you truly believe that? I do. His gaze locked on hers, and agony ripped through her heart. Because she knew he didn't intend to look away again, so her face would be the last thing he saw. But loving you cannot stop a rock from breaking. It can only give me the strength to save you. By sacrificing himself, she would never let him. Then you must believe love can give me the strength to save you. Desperately, she gripped his wrist tighter. Believe that I can do this, Strax, please. Because if loving you means that I wield strong magics, then I must be the most powerful sorcerer in the world. She must be, because only minutes before, her arms had been shaking with fatigue and she'd barely had the strength to climb. Yet when heart-stopping emotion suddenly blazed in Strax's eyes and he let go of the crumbling ledge, his muscular bulk weighed nothing at all. For an endless moment, she held him suspended. Then his fingers gripped the root. With a mighty heave, Strax launched his upper body over the edge. In the next instant, she was in his arms. Strax surged to his feet, carrying her up with him and striding away from the cliff. Mara's body shook uncontrollably as she clung to his broad shoulders. With her legs wrapped tightly around his waist, she frantically kissed his cheeks and jaw and forehead and nose, sobbing and laughing at once. So close she had come to losing him, so very close. Remembered terror clawed at her heart. With sudden ferocity, Mara twisted her fingers in Strack's thick hair. Her warrior came to an abrupt halt, and she shoved her face close to his so he couldn't mistake her next words. I will never let you go, she vowed through clenched teeth. Never. Savage pleasure burned in his dark eyes. His big hands squeezed her bare ass, grinding her against the steely length bulging beneath his leathers. Then you'd best hold on tight, wife, because I do not intend to stop until you have no strength left at all. I would like to see you try, warrior, Mara said in both truth and challenge, eager for her husband to fuck her until she was quivering and boneless, but also knowing he could never take all her strength because it had never resided in her limbs. Instead, her strength lay in her heart, which was full to bursting with joy and love, and which raced at a head-spinning pace as his mouth claimed hers. Scorching need heightened with every possessive stroke of his tongue past her lips, and it seemed that the three days of peril against the cliff had only been preparation for this moment. 
clinging to Strax as if her very life depended upon it, while his kiss pushed her higher and higher. With a groan, Strax tore his mouth from hers. You shiver with cold. His gaze searched through the sheets of falling rain as he pivoted, frustration hardening his features. You need shelter from this storm. A white flash of lightning illuminated their surroundings. Only bare earth stretched as far as could be seen, except for a few trees behind them, nearer to the cliff. Though their branches might provide protection from the rain, she knew he would not take her there, not so close to the edge. But it was not the rain that made her shiver anyway. Instead, it had been the terror of nearly losing him. Now, she only trembled with desire. Mara caught his face and brought his gaze back to hers. Your body covering mine is all the shelter I need. Raw lust ignited the look Strax gave Mara then, and he set her on her feet. I will cover you, he said in a voice harsh with need, but I will not fuck you in the mud. Mara wouldn't care if he did, but she stepped aside as he tore loose the straps fastening the bedroll to his back. The contents of the bundle scattered when he roughly shook out the furs, readying their bed while Mara readied herself. Gripping the hem of her tunic, she pulled it over her head. Rain pelted her bare skin, yet the chill couldn't touch her when Strax glanced over and his heated gaze fell upon her nakedness. He went utterly still, except for his eyes that slowly looked their fill. Boldly, she stood before him with hot lust coursing through her blood and rain streaming from her hair. Even while following her across the Feren Desert, Strax hadn't appeared as thirsty to her as he did now, as water saluced over her shoulders and down the slopes of her breasts to drip from their hardened pink tips. Never have I seen beauty such as yours, Mara. His voice was hoarse as if simply looking upon her an agonizing pleasure. Just as the sight of Strax was such an acute pleasure to Mara, the storm raging overhead could never match the elemental power that her husband possessed. Like a mountain he was, so tall and strong, his fists like boulders. Lightning split the sky, revealing in stark contrast the steely ropes of muscles in his arms, the plains and ridges of his torso. Yet that electric flash was a dim candle next to the fire of his eyes when he stared at her. Hunger replaced the thirst in his gaze when her fingers drifted down her belly, sifting through her rain-wet curls to find the part of her that was truly drenched. I am ready for you, husband, she told him huskily. If you are not, soon you will be. Tearing open the laces tying his leathers, he strode toward her. Through the dizzying anticipation of his approach, she glimpsed the ferocious rise of his cock, as massive and as primal as the barbarian who wielded it. A fearsome size Strax was, yet Mara could never fear any part of this man she loved. Not his strength when he dragged her hand away from her cunt. Not his ravenous growl as he licked her arousal from her fingers. Not the possessive fire in his eyes when his own fingers delved between her thighs. A groan tore from his chest. A treasure of a wife you are, Mara. Not just hot and wet, but eager. So eager. And Strax was already stealing her strength as he'd promised. For when he speared two thick fingers inside her, Mara trembled.
when his thumb circled her clit, her knees buckled. Yet he caught her before she fell, as she knew he always would. With his left arm wrapped around her waist, Strax carried her to the firs, and with every step, the fingers of his right hand stroked her hotter. Her cunt was a blazing furnace of heat and need as he laid her back and then followed her down, pushing her thighs wide. Braced above her on one arm, Strax fisted his engorged length and lowered his hips between her parted thighs. A greedy moan erupted from her throat as he slicked the thick tip of his shaft through her folds, wetting himself with her arousal before fitting that broad head to her entrance. Her fingernails digging into his biceps, Mara whimpered with anticipation. There, her husband abruptly stilled, as if the sound she'd made was of pain. He made a soothing noise, but to Mara, Strax was the one who required soothing. His big body shook as he hovered over her, his every muscle corded from the effort of his restraint, his gaze frenzied with need even as he gently touched her face. Through gritted teeth, he said, this will only hurt but once, wife. She cared not if it hurt a thousand times. Mara would always lift her body toward his as she did now, preparing to sheath his turgid length. Yet he still hesitated, his broad crown demanding entry but not accepting her invitation. With a short laugh, she arched toward him again. You have overcome so many obstacles on this journey, husband, dangerous seas and freezing mountains and treacherous cliffs. Will you let a maidenhead defeat you now? His jaw tightened, his face a harsh mask of hunger. She gasped as his hips flexed and he pressed forward, yet too gently. Immediately he eased back, a groan racking his rigid form. Your cunt is tighter than a fist. So it was. And if you do not push harder than that, your fist is all you will ever fuck. A laugh shook his big body against hers. Do not tease me, wife. I cannot bear to hurt you, and I have little control left. Then you have too much. Raising her head, she gently bit his bottom lip before sliding her tongue across his teeth. Her fingers raked down his straining back, her thighs squeezing his hips. A little pain I can bear. What I cannot bear is how you hold yourself back from me now, not after I almost lost you. As if remembering, a shudder tore through his massive body. His fierce gaze locked on hers. Say it again. No question what he meant. I love you, Strax, she told him softly. So take me as a warrior takes a woman as strong as I am. The sky flashed white, separating his features into stark shadows and laying bare his tormented need as, with one savage thrust, he buried his cock deep. Mara's scream was lost in the crack of thunder. Taking Strax was no easier than any of this journey had been. But this time, she didn't have to bear her pain alone and in misery. Instead, it was accompanied by sheer joy, and by pleasure, the greatest she'd ever known, because Strax was in her arms, and so the pain of his possession was nothing at all. Mara? His rigid frame shuddered with the strain of remaining motionless as her inner muscles struggled to adjust to his thick girth. I am here, she reassured him, panting, then kissed him fiercely as he withdrew and shoved deep again, spearing her with pleasure. Crying out, she arched her hips, 
loving the burning stretch each time her body yielded to his. More. As if her ragged plea stole the last of his control, he claimed her mouth in a devastating kiss and relentlessly stroked his swollen length into her welcoming heat. Lightning flashed again, but this time it came from within her, a storm of ecstasy that was twisting higher and higher. Strax seized her ass in his brutish grip when she began to rise. Ruthlessly, he held her in place for every powerful thrust, and the pace he set was like the pounding of a war drum. Had he still been her enemy, this brutal rhythm might have demanded her surrender, her submission. But an answering beat thrummed through Mara's veins, hot and thick. Because no war remained between them, and this night he had almost lost her, but a warrior will never be separated from his wife. So the untamed ferocity of their mating was not a fight, but a declaration that nothing could rend them asunder. The pounding of his cock, her hands clawing his shoulders, the ravenous hunger of their kiss were a battle cry announcing that they were one, and a warning to anything that might try to stand against them. Lightning sizzled through her again as Strax wedged his hand between their bodies, his teeth gritted and his eyes feral. Mara cried out as his rough fingers stroked her clit, arching beneath him in electric pleasure. When his hips jolted forward and buried his cock to the hilt, the orgasm rolled through her like thunder, drenching his length in a carnal rush. Head thrown back, Strax groaned and thrust into her clenching sheath once, twice before roaring his climax into the storm above, his shaft pulsating within her. So hot, so deep. Almost endlessly, it seemed, Strax filled her with his seed. Each scorching pulse renewed the shudders of ecstasy tearing through Mara's senses until she lay boneless and quivering in his arms. He kissed her then, hot and slow, his strong hands cupping her face. And when her warrior lifted his head, his gaze locked on hers. She knew the truth of his every word, even before he said, I love you, Mara. Every time before, that declaration had hurt. This time, Mara only knew joy, because she believed. So she kissed him, and held him close, and knew for certain that not only did he love her, but that love would make the impossible true. And that it was magic, too. Chapter 7 Strax the Believer While the storm raged above, three times did Strax take his wife. Her pleasured cries still rang in his ears, and her sweet cunt still clutched his cock when the rain abruptly stopped, and he no longer needed to serve as her shelter, but her bed. He rolled onto his back and loved the feel of her slight weight atop his chest her head pillowed on his shoulder. His cock stirred within her sultry heat, but he wouldn't fuck her again, not until morning. His morrow was strong, but for three days she had exhausted herself against the face of the cliff, and the most dangerous task was yet to come. He expected her to sleep now, Yet the absent play of her fingers in his hair told him that her mind was too occupied for slumber. So, with a soft grunt, he told her, Speak to me, Mara. One day, she might without prompting. 
but for so long on this journey, she'd been alone. It was his own fault that she was unaccustomed to relying on anyone but herself. Now she lifted her head to look down at him. Beneath the nighttime sky, her beautiful face was but a play of shadows and darkness. Yet he could still see the soft gleam of her teeth as she bit her bottom lip, as if in hesitation, before saying, I won't give the gauntlet to Seligius. Relief slipped through his heart, because Strax knew not what he'd have done if she'd insisted upon giving that weapon to the tyrant. Yet his heart ached, too, because he knew what the cost of her decision might be. Still, he tried to reassure her. We will free your family, he vowed to her. We will discover a way. I have, she said softly, her fingers tracing his jaw. I intend to wear the gauntlet and destroy him. Tension locked his muscles. You intend to wear it? Biting her lip again, she nodded. I decided to after you told me of your clan's blood oath to prevent anyone who would misuse the gauntlet's power from wielding it. I thought, you did not believe in me, so you would never trust me with that power. I drugged you so that you wouldn't be forced to stop me. The sweetest poisoning he'd ever known. So that you could race ahead to Kaides's keep? Yes, she whispered now. I must free my family, and you must prevent anyone unworthy from wielding the gauntlet. I thought it would be impossible for us both to have what we needed. But you love me and believe in me. So perhaps the impossible can be true. If I were to win the gauntlet, I could take it back to Aramond and destroy Seligius and his warlords. And you could remain with me and make certain that I never misuse its power. That was truth. And it wasn't the thought of Mara wielding the gauntlet that made Strax pause, but what might happen if it ever fell into another's hands. A powerful queen was the first woman Kaides had given the gauntlet to, and she'd used it fairly and wisely. Then the queen had given it to her twin sons, who'd broken the world. So that must be Strax's duty now, to see that the gauntlet never left Mara's possession. He had been quiet too long. A hint of doubt shadowed her gaze, and she averted her face. Perhaps it will not matter, she said in a raw voice. I might die trying to retrieve the gauntlet from Kaides's keep. Strax caught her chin, made her look at him again as he vowed, Then I will die helping you, wife. Isn't that just wonderful? Don't you just want to like let out a long sigh when he told her that he had been saying all these things to her because it was what she needed and that's what he was going to be for her? Whatever she needed was what he was going to do, even if it made him the asshole or the jerk or the bad person. 
that he was just going to do what needed to be done. So it's just, it melted me when he was like, only a fool would doubt you. And I was like, God, he just, he's just such a good hero. It's, it's unbelievable. And I cannot wait for you guys to get more. But it is Thursday, so there is a lot out for you to get. Because on Thursdays, I post the new release post. So you guys should go and check that out. It should be in the link description, or it's always in our quick links. It just does all the new releases. I break them up into Kindle Unlimited, ones that are on all platforms. I feature Read Me Romance authors. And don't forget, you can pick up Restored, which is out which is from Alexa Riley. It is out now, along with Katie's uh, pretty bride book that matches the brother story which you're going to get more of tomorrow you'll learn uh, more about him he's supposed to be like the funnier brother the more light-hearted so I'm interested to see the comparison between the brothers and I have left you in a wonderful spot that I will die helping my wife and he will this man would do anything for her and I can't wait for you guys to get that tomorrow oh also fun facts I had forgotten to mention is Katie actually made a map for this, and I'm going to post that up in the Read Me Romance group. If you're not in our Read Me Romance group, it is on Facebook. You should come in there. It's in our quick links like I was just talking about on Instagram. We just shoot the breeze all week and talk about random stuff, and if we're all really engaging in there. We check in, we pop in, we ask questions, we answer questions. So I'm going to put that map up in there, or Katie might post it. But if one of us hasn't posted it, come yell at us to post it, <laughs> to post it. Okay. Until then, we will be back tomorrow. I will have Tessa and Leah with me to jibber jabber away. I'm sorry if my little stick pits were small this week. I'm not as much of a talker, but I love you guys. And thanks for listening. And I will see you tomorrow. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind And read me romance Read, read me romance